Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, a podcast that focuses on what is happening in education today, connecting everyone to the movers and shakers that are breaking boundaries in the education arena. Well, Happy New Year. This is our first podcast of the 2022 season, and we are really happy to be back. You know, January is mentorship month. So we did one a podcast last year on mentorship, and we wanted to keep that tradition and do a podcast this January 2022 on the importance of mentorship. And Jerry, we have a guest who's been with us before today. Oh, absolutely. Kathy Hurley. And if you know people in ed tech, especially women, Kathy Hurley's name will come up. I guarantee you if we talk about mentorship, she is one of the most giving, caring, kind people I have ever met. And it seems like her whole mission in life is to bring women up and empower them. And Jamie, I don't know about you, but when I grow up, I want to be Kathy Curley. Oh, yes. I want all of her. Oh, she has such good character. She is so wonderful. And I think a lot of it really boils down to the mentorship that she is truly committed to. So without further ado, let's welcome our first guest, Kathy Hurley. Hey, how are you doing, Kathy? I'm great and very happy to be here. But after that introduction, wow, I'm going (laughs) to carry this around with me. And, you know, if you know Kathy, you have no idea where she is. Like, she's from New Jersey, and we would think, well, she's in New Jersey, but where are you, Kathy? Well, I'm in Punta Gorda, Florida. But the funny part about that is when years ago, when I worked for the learning company, we had a product called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? And everybody would introduce me as Where in the World is Kathy Hurley? (laughs) That's right. See why. I can see why. Yes, because she travels everywhere and knows people everywhere. But more importantly, she mentors people everywhere. So, Kathy, I just want to know, how did you become so committed to mentorship? Were you mentored by someone that made a difference or or how did this all begin? And I think, Kathy, it starts with your rich background. You have such an interesting um, work experience. And I think along the way, you have come into contact with so many different um, people in different areas. Can you explain your background and how you came to your build that importance of mentorship? You know, it's really an important question. You know, as we talk, um, keep talking, I can talk about some of the people that mentored me. But, you know, I have had mentors my whole life and I've tried to mentor my whole life. Now, I did grow up in the oldest of a family. So that in itself, you you learn, you know, how to work with people and mentor people. And I had very uh, great uh, parents and growing up and all that is really important. Um, And I felt Um, early in my life that I was really a sponge for learning. You know, if I wanted to um, be in a leadership position in high school, I wanted to be captain of the cheerleaders, I wanted to do all this stuff. I had to like look by examples and see what people are doing. And I just kind of 
learned that if you work with people through examples, that's really important. So, um, and, and cut me off, you know, I could probably keep talking forever. So cut me off if I'm too long about this. But I started as a special ed teacher uh, in New Jersey. And that was a big part of my career. I've kept that in my career uh, for a long, um, that in my thoughts and in, in all my work is the things I learned in special ed. And at that time, I was a teacher, an advisor, a guide, a counselor. You know, when you're in special ed and you're working with parents and teachers, you just learn so much. And it taught me things like empathy, compassion, patience, generosity. And those are the things that you really want to have in a mentor or a mentee. So I look back to that it all really started, you know, in my, um, you know, in my special education um, career. And um, so... uh, as I moved on, I went on to industry and the industry was very different moving from special ed to industry in, in education. As you might imagine, there were a lot of women. I learned from a lot of my women friends. I learned from my women colleagues and, you know, in teaching and administration, but getting to into the private sector, there were not a lot of women role models. Now that's different today. And we can talk about that, but at the time there were just a lot of, Terrific men, and I was very fortunate uh, to meet them. And like you said, I I tried to join different committees within companies I worked for. I worked for small companies. I worked for large companies. I'll tell you a little bit about one of the large companies I worked for. But I tried to, you know, meet everybody that worked in all of those different groups in the companies. And and sometimes it was a challenge. So you started in education. You moved to industry. Um, and, and I think it seems like the secret sauce is how you immersed yourself into so many different areas um, that in, in either situation in, in education or in industry. But who did you meet along the way that you felt uh, really mentored you first in education and then in industry? Well, <clears throat> I have to say one of the people I met who's long deceased now, his name is Ross Sackett. Uh, he was president of CBS Publishing. He was um, an older gentleman. I was on a board with him. I can't say enough about being on boards, being on advisory boards, because you meet people you're never going to meet just being in meetings. But he took a real interest in my career. And he had been president of Prentice Hall, CBS. He started a couple, he started a newsletter. He invited me to write on his newsletter about early childhood and special education. So he was really probably one of my first mentors. And through him, he introduced me to other presidents of companies um, that I got to meet. And he got me involved in other groups like uh, early childhood education. So that he was a very important mentor to me. Uh, the second mentor, which is some people will find interesting, was, was my husband. I knew my husband a long time before we got married. But when I went to IBM, he taught me so much about policy and working with states and working uh, with the federal government, because that was his job. That's what he did. And he was always very patient. Uh, I always recall a funny story. I was giving a speech And I said to him, it was for the chief state school officers. And I said, can you listen to this speech and tell me what you think? So I got up and I gave the speech. I always like to practice before I give a speech, but I did the speech. And afterwards, he said to me, you know, that that's good. But what are the two biggest policy issues of the chief state school officers? And I said, early childhood and special education. And he said, you didn't mention either of those. And I thought, 
Good point. Right. <laughs> Real yeah. Thank you. So is that kind of mentoring? I think that you can't always think that people are going to say, oh, yeah, it's terrific. That was wonderful. And those are the kind of people that I looked for in uh, who would mentor me because I really wanted to see, you know, where my where my shortcomings were, as well as things that I could build on. And uh, one of the things that you did mention is I from an early age in my career, I traveled around the world. Mm-hmm. And I traveled by myself to meetings with people, but I got to meet people in other cultures. I got to meet executives in other cultures. And I, again, I felt like I was a sponge of, I really wanted to learn as much as I could so that eventually, which is now, share that with other people and to move it forward and to pay it forward. I think that's a really good thing. So anyway, I went to IBM. One of the things about IBM, I had never been with a big corporate company like that. And I did not think I was going to get the job because I am as uh, opposite of IBM as you could ever think of. (laughs) I thought, oh, man, I'm just not going to get this job. And I did. And it was a great job uh, with IBM education. And I had terrific managers. But one of the things I learned about the managers there is they were more than managers. They were mentors. And if you were not doing well in an area, they felt it was their job to make you a number one performer. And they would work with you. And I always remember that. And as a manager myself, I really brought that with me is let's let's work with people. Let's make them successful because you want to have everybody successful. And again, I've been talking about um you know, men, I guess I would say the the first woman mentor that I had that was really terrific was Marjorie Scardino, who was the CEO of Pearson. And she was one of the first women who'd ever manage a Fortune 500, Fortune 500 company. So, you know, she was just amazing. She was generous. She uh, spent time with me. Um, she was the... I was the VP of um, partnerships at Pearson and she um, spent a lot of time. I, she taught me a lot. She wrote the foreword for a book that I did, which I can talk about that called real women, real leaders. And even people would say to me, how did you get Marjorie Scardino to write your foreword? And I said, I asked her. So that was just the kind of person she was. She was just so, she was legendary. She was smart. She was kind. She had no ego. She was very sincere. She, but I, what I learned from her is she focused her attention on people. There was never a person too small in the company. There was never a customer too small that she wouldn't focus on. So as a mentor, I think when you learn again from examples I think is really important. Uh, One of the things I remember from Marjorie is she did say, always err on the side of generosity. And I remember that. And I use that a lot in my speeches because there's so much drama in the country. Can you not admit you made a mistake? Can you not admit you were wrong? You know, and to err on the side of generosity has been so much a part of my life. And we all need encouragement that yes, we made a mistake, but you could be better. Um, so those are a few things. I could go on and talk to Marjorie on a whole podcast <laughs> because she's just been incredible. And when I go to London, um, I can call her up. She's retired now from Pearson, but she'll still get together for coffee. Or, um, and she's just always been a tremendous influence. It sounds to me that 
the characteristics of being a good mentor from what you said so far um, is having an eye for being able to uh, pick up on talents of people, um, but then also having a sense of honesty, uh, not just um, giving people kudos for things, but really digging into uh, what they can improve upon. Um, so that honesty, building relationships, obviously, is so important, I think, in being a good mentor. Um, but then, as you said, that generosity, because it takes time uh, to really build that um, mentorship relationship uh, and to have the commitment that is required to be a good mentor. Um, what would you say are some other characteristics of a good mentor? You know, I can give you some general characteristics and some personal characteristics. I think one of the things that you said is being a thoughtful mentor is very important and you need to be self selfless. You mm -hmm, can't be mm -hmm. thinking this is about me. What am I going to get out of this relationship? Right. It's all about what are you going to give to the relationship? And yes, you're going to learn things from it. I've had people that worked for me that I could say, I learned more from them than they ever could have learned from me. And they're still my lifelong friends, but you can't be going into any kind of relationship thinking this is about me. So I would say it being selfless. And then you really need to reach out. You have to share your resources. People really don't want to share. You know, you have to share what conferences are you going to? What what resources? Who are the people in the industry that you might want to meet? And, and people have a hard time doing that. And I'm not saying women or men, but, you know, everybody kind of has a hard time. But that is a, a really a true mentor that will do that. And keeping in touch, it's a two-way street, right. you know. You have to, um, you know, keep in touch with people. It is rewarding. I mean, I've, I've heard from people 20 years later, that I've worked with who were way down in the organization with some really nice little notes of you made me feel good about myself. You made me feel kind. Those are the rewards that you get for doing that. I had an IBM manager who wrote me just a beautiful letter after he retired. Um, so I think you can't go into it thinking I'm going to get a lot out of this because you will in the end. And Kathy, you mentioned something with your husband that I think is critical to being a good mentor is he listened to your speech and he didn't tell you what to say or how to change it. He asked some really important questions. And I, I've always thought that being a good mentor is about asking good questions and getting people to find the answer on their own. I, I love the way he yeah. did that. Um, yeah, I do too. I do think and I think mentoring, again, I mentioned this earlier, you do learn a lot from home. You know, we all had probably mothers that multitasked. I mean, this came out in, in a couple of uh, speeches I've given where people will say, you know, their fathers were the leadership, but their mothers were their mentors for entrepreneurship because the mothers could juggle all the time, could get oh, have 10 things in the air. The and I think so learning at home, how you perceive those role models is really important. And then looking for people in your workplace, you know, who are the people that are the that can really help you? And then um, I, I don't know, I think um, member um, find mentorships that are good by, uh, you know, you know, seeking out with your friends and even strangers. You know, I push myself a lot. I, I was talking to someone last night to go into meetings where I don't know anybody. I mean, I went to a dinner at ASU GSV with 25 
uh, women who are in cross industries. I didn't know one of them. I wanted to ask you that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you that question. I think that's really important because a lot of people say, oh, I'd like to do that, but I just don't have the tenacity or I'm not outgoing enough to do that. What are some hints you give people to go into a meeting like that? What do you tell yourself, Kathy, when you're going into a meeting with people you don't know? Um, you know, I do a lot of talking to myself. There's a lot of times and I've done it many times. I'll say, I'm not going to go to the reception. I don't know anybody. And then I'll say, you have to go to the reception. You could meet one interesting person and I'll be darned if I don't meet really one interesting person that right. I would have met if I did not go to that yes. reception. So yeah, sometimes we have to talk to our inner selves and say, what do you have to lose? You know, right. you're not going to meet anybody. You go back to your room and have dinner, you know, but I think you have to push yourself into those areas where you don't know people. When I, when I left, um, we got retired from Pearson. I was on several boards that were in the STEM area and I didn't know anybody in STEM. And I ended up meeting scientists and people, heads of museums that I just learned so much from. And then that was when I decided I'm just not going to do all these industry kinds of meetings. I'm going to look for uh, places that I can meet new people, you know, um, which is important. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you talk to yourself and push yourself. I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kathy, you mentioned your book. Um, I know that you have a chapter on mentorship in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, You have one, but you have another one coming out, right? I do. I have another one coming out um, with a co-author, Dr. Bobby Kershan, who's really known in this whole entrepreneurial space. We've been friends for 35 years, Mm -hmm. and um, it'll be out mid-February, and it's called Innovate Hers. Cute. I like and that. Love yeah. hers, right. And it's why purpose driven entrepreneurs end up, um, you know, and want rise to the top in their their careers. You know, I think it's really important for women to feel they are entrepreneurs. But the thing about mentorship and I, I I'm kind of the last chapter in the book, the chapter, the book's getting ready for print. And it was fun writing this chapter because mentorship was the number one thread through all of the 29 stories that came out, the successful women had good mentors. And again, it's not gender specific, you know, it could be a man, it could be a woman, but you know, right right now, the space that we're in, I think it's important for us as women to encourage other women to be out there deal because that, and that wasn't always the case. You couldn't find women. But now there are a lot of women in successful positions, and you're hoping that they kind of share that uh, vision, you know, uh, with each other. But the the book has um, basically we interviewed um, people. We used something called the entrepreneurial mindset, which was developed at Eckerd College, and it really talks about all the things that um, entrepreneurial women bring to the table, like empathy, like generosity, the kinds of things that we talked about. Uh, But it doesn't do it like the first book, we interviewed people, their story. These are their stories, but we put them into categories where it fit of risk-taking, communication, generosity. And then we have quotes throughout the book. And then we have a terrific section on resources of what's available um, you know, for other women, what other organizations, again, it's not just around education. We tried very hard. We have women from every continent 
We have um, nice. great international selection. Yeah. We have age, different ages of women, different careers, uh, which has really made it a very interesting read as you read about someone, you know, from India or Dubai. And then you read from people uh, from um, the United States, you know, and, and you'll know some of the people that are in there, um, but the, all the stories are different. And again, you learn so much from listening to the stories. And we just sent the stories back for everybody to review. And they're really pleased. It's hard when you do an interview, you say things, you go, did I really say that? Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but we didn't have a lot of that. You know, people were very honest and we, um, uh, we, we, we uh, recorded the interviews. So we had, you know, all the information. Um, but uh, I, I think people are going to find it um, very uh, interesting. So we're really excited about it. So when the book's done, I'd love to get my co-author to do a podcast about the book. You know, yeah. I don't want to say too much about the book because to steal her thunder too, it's really not out yet. And, Absolutely. Um, but you have another book that's out. It is real women, real leaders. And that that's yes. one. Um, you know, I brought a copy of the book only because I was going to um, mention Marjorie Scardino did the foreword for me. So this right. is the book. Yes. Leaders. But um, I, two things I'd just like to read, because I think this is what she is all about. Um, she said, the simple mantras I carried around helped me enormously, although they were sparse. Be brave, be imaginative and be decent. We adopted those goals for Pearson, and I thought they were pretty good guides for what a leader should do. Yes. And then the last thing is my framework for how to make decisions was equally simple. Be yourself. Mm. Use your own voice. Communicate if you are uncertain. Err on the side of generosity. Strip everything down to its simplest elements. These were common sense, very common sense, but they served me well. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah. And she was just, again, she was really one of my mentors, but I think it is important. People try to be other people, not themselves. Right. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I've kind of learned, um, you know, I did go to um, Harvard for a year and um, with people who were ending their careers, going into serving and giving back. And I met some incredible people from Fortune 500 companies. I mean, these are everybody's the same when you really come down to it. And we became right. very good friends. There were six of us. But um, out of that that experience, I started a group called Girls Thinking Global with right. Deb DeBreeze, who many people know. Mm. And uh, we grew that organization and we merged it in with one called Women's Education Project. And what we do with Women's Education Project, where I'm still on the board, is we work with young women in India who know nothing about mentorship, finding them mentors to help them so they can go to college or they can go in their careers. That's amazing. I love the global uh, perspective that you always bring to everything that you do as well. Um, but the common thread there seems to always be having you know, building those relationships, building others up uh, with mentorship um, and empathy. Uh, and I think that's interesting in your upcoming book, how you did have that as the final chapter, because you said there is that theme that thread throughout all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see some of the quotes. We took uh, eight quotes from women about uh, the importance of um mentorship. I didn't use any of those. <laughs> I didn't really use much from the book. These are just kind of my own thoughts. But I do think that um, women to women, women mentorship is more important today um, because of all the work-life 
you know, decisions you're making, balanced decisions. You know, I tell a story and I've told it in speeches I've given, which is not it's it's not a bad story. I think it's a, a good story. But when I left Pearson, uh, I left the way everybody should leave a company. Oh, my God. They had this big party, the sales meeting and a couple hundred people in the room. Oh, a party? You were involved in a party? Oh, I was involved in a party. <laughs> I was. <laughs> And that I think is a party girl. I mean, the reason I say that the two people who really spearheaded that were two very, very um, great people in our industry. Um, uh, Chris Porter, who was president of Power School and Apex, they were just sold as was one of them, um, and the other one was Steve Gross, who was our head of our marketing. He's now at University of Phoenix, but um, they really pulled this off. And they called and said, "Why don't you bring your husband up to Orlando?" And I did. And then I'm in the sales meeting, and they they brought me up to the stage and gave me flowers. They gave me a check from a nonprofit that they knew I started and they gave me some time to talk at the podium. Again, what are some lessons learned? And I always appreciated that. My husband's like, I had no idea, you know, all these people in Pearson. And, um, but anyway, I got up at the podium and I, at the end of what I said was, you know, if anybody in this room needs any help at any time, feel free to call me. Now, this is like six years ago now. So I said, feel free to call me. And I gave him my phone number and uh, my email. And I said, but at any time, I'd be happy to help. At the end of the meeting, six young men came up to me. Nice. Not one woman. Wow. And I was like, just stunned. And I remember being in the car with my husband. I said, I don't get that. And then I said, you know, I think it's a matter of time. Women don't have time to, you know, talk or they don't have time to learn. I don't think that's different today. I'm saying this was six years ago. So as I've kind of moved ahead, I've been very conscious of trying to deal with women. You know, I, uh, another thing I, I, I don't, Believe me, I don't want to brag about anything, but I uh, was given the AEP Hall of Fame Award in 2004 with Mr. Rogers, which is a big deal. Right? Oh, and wow. then I got the Lifetime Achievement Award for SIIA. So I have made it a point because I have been so fortunate in my career to nominate other women for big, mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. awards. awards. Right. Yes. Right, and right. I think if you don't really start blazing the trail, you know, and helping other women, we are going to be left out. So that is really important to me. And like I said, I've had great men mentors. I would say the same thing to my, you know, male, I have great male friends in the industry, but I do believe that women do need to help other women. Yeah. And I think that's interesting from thinking about what Jerry said before, Um, you know, some people don't feel comfortable going to a big event. I think, you know, it might be a common thing that women seem to um, underappreciate themselves. Um, And perhaps that might be a reason why men came forward saying, you know, I could use your support and maybe some women just didn't feel that comfort level. But I think you are known to pay it forward. You are constantly, you, you've taken and appreciated the generosity that was given to you. And now you continue to do that 
Um, and not just do it by chance. You really seek out uh, those opportunities to help others. And that's why we so appreciate you as well. You've been that mentor to the two of us. So we really wanted to ask you to come on for uh, the highlight of this uh, mentorship month. Well, I'd love to just jump in and say something about what you said about men. Because when you think of the old adage, the good old boy network, Mm. what is that? It was a good old boy network. So I was involved 25 years ago with helping to start the dolls with Ellen Biello that started out with a group of 10 of us. And now it's 850 dolls. Oh my goodness. Industry women, uh, Deb DeBreeze, Pat Walkington, another industry person. We started a program called Making It Happen, where we honored women in schools who were making it happen in ed tech. That was, we uh, turned that over to ISTE because we just couldn't right. do all the traveling to do this. And now there's 700 uh, winners of that award and it's still wow. going on. So the recognition is really, really important and women need to build those networks. And only two other networks I'd love to mention is I'm part of a group called the um, Women's uh, Power Trip, which a friend of right. mine just started. Yes. 50 women administrators. It's fabulous. And, you know, I think men always say, why does it have to be separate? Well, women do have different issues. They do have this work balance issue, wellness issue, you know, so I think having these a little separate, they don't always have to be separate. AASA has a network. ASU has a woman's network. So really that's, I think, important where you can be part of the bigger network, but then you have your safe space, Yes, you could you could mention. And, you know, I think um, uh, Lisa Schmucky last year at an early meeting and you might have been there, Jerry, uh, she did a um, a survey with people and uh, she did a survey of all the women at the breakfast. It could have been like 75 women. What are the five five top things on your mind in the top two were mentoring and networking? Mm, They were. Wow. Mentoring and networking. And networking, and I use this in my speech, if you don't feel comfortable networking, do it anyway. Right. You know, you just have to figure out a way. And I always tell people at ERDI, I had someone come up to me and say, I want to meet the superintendents. I'm like, well, which ones? I want to meet all of them. So, well, you're not going to meet all of them tonight. So let's pick (laughs) one or two, one or two that you're going to meet and you're going to get to know them. So I think it's that all or nothing thing when you walk into a networking event is let's just meet one person. Absolutely. Yes. Well, this has been a great conversation today, Kathy, and very inspiring. I've taken a whole page of notes. quotes and things. And then you can read the book. I'll make sure you get a copy of the book. Oh, got to get the book. But, you know, a lot of times we end our podcast asking people one question that's very introspective, and that is... As far as mentoring, what has become clear to you? What has become clear? Well, I think what's become clear is to continue doing it. That, you know, yes. uh, especially um, at my stage in my career and the things I'm doing, it's like you have to have people giving back to the next generation. And the next generation has to realize there are really good stories and experiences mm-hmm. that they should listen to. And I think that's that's become you know very clear. Um, you know, I thought you you might ask that that question. I was kind of thinking because you didn't give me any questions, um, right? And this might be the time to use it. Um, but 
years ago, I did a speech and I closed it with um, a Maya Angelou quote. So I'd love to give you that quote. Yes. Yes. And it says, in order, and it's about mentoring, in order to be a mentor and an effective one, one must care. You must care. You don't have to know how many square miles are in Idaho. You don't need to know what is the chemical makeup or the chemistry of blood or water. Know what you know and care about people. Care about what you know and care about the person you're sharing it with. Yes. That's that empathy. Fabulous. Yes. It's all about the people. All about yeah. the people. Yes. Well, thank you, Kathy, for coming on with us today. It was a great, it well, was thank great. You for the opportunity. It's always fun to be with you. I love these podcasts. So yeah. um, yes. And, yeah. and we look forward to the new book coming out. And yeah. we hope to have you back on to share more about mentoring and inspiring women. Yep. Love working with both of you. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to stay linked up, be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube.